Hey, what's up, world? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius. Welcome to a very special episode. This is going to be episode 53 of the... Shoot that shit. Don't worry. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. I believe this shit. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, creator, founder, host of the Shooting the Shit STS podcast that you're listening to today. And we have a great podcast for you guys today, real special podcast. This is going to be episode 53. And man, just want to give a big shout out to everybody who tuned in last week for episode 52. We had Bakersville Councilman Andre Gonzalez on, and it was a hit. Thinking real well, I got a lot of good feedback just educating people on exactly what our councilmen for the city do for us. And it's always good to um, expose people that a lot of people are not really familiar about how um, involved and how important that our local politicians are. Um, and just the little things and, so, and, and the big things also, such as developing, you know, projects that are... Uh, we were talking about yesterday downtown and whatnot. Even the small things, as so getting your you know sidewalks repaved and your alleys repaved, and it was real nice to, for um people to really get information about how um how important it is to vote for our councilmen if they're gonna be fighting for us, if they're gonna be representing us, and they're gonna be amongst us. So I want to really thank Andre Gonzalez for coming on and blessing the podcast. We talked about a lot of hip-hop last week, and we're going to continue to talk hip-hop this week. This is going to be episode 53. want to give a big shout-out to our sponsor last week, my guy Freddie Rec uh, for FGR Catering. They are going to be a sponsor again this week, y'all. Again, really important that we keep having sponsors for the podcast. Really blessed to have opportunities to um, showcase businesses that... I believe in and my, I mean, you know, my friends and family believe in because that's essentially who I'm trying to help get exposure for their businesses. And uh, we have another great podcast today. Real fast, if you haven't followed us on the STS Podcast 661, you should do that on Twitter and Instagram. Again, STS Podcast 661 on Twitter and Instagram. That's where we're going to be able to all our news, all our links. Uh, that's how you can get in contact with us. If you have any questions or concerns, if you have a local business that wants to get exposure, you know, shoot us a message. We'll be more than happy to help you out. Also, uh, returning listeners, the show is nothing without you guys. We cannot um, keep building on the momentum that we have without the listeners, without the returning, reoccurring listeners, um, new listeners. Welcome. This is the show. My name is Ernie C. The Gap Tooth Genius. And um, if you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, please subscribe to us. Please leave a review. Please tell a friend. Um, we have to keep, um, we're going to keep this momentum going. We're going to keep um, expanding this uh, um, this brand that we have going on, such as the STS podcast. We want to, uh, you know, I'm myself, I'm really just trying to stay consistent. I'm really trying to um, speak on what What's kind of affecting me, because this is essentially my podcast, you know, so I really um, want to continue bringing guests on, 
that are going to benefit my listeners. It's going to expose my listeners to um to what's going on, not just in the world, but what's going on locally. Why it's important to vote. Why it's important to um know the history of some topics and uh, and just talk a little bit. Just what's going on in pop culture a little bit. You know, we're interested in a lot of things. And again, that's what we do at the STS Podcast. Again, follow us on the STS Podcast 661 via Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you could, um subscribe to us on any platform you may find a podcast. The STS Podcast is going to be there. And today, y'all, we have a really special guest. Nick V of the world-famous Baker Boys. Um, pioneers in the DJ game, pioneers for um, creating a, a lane for Latino artists, DJs, of uh, creators to strive in. Um, they're op- they open a lot of doors for us. Um, I say us because I do DJ, of course. And um, man, Nick V and Eric, they happen to be my cousins also. Uh, and we finally were able to get, I was finally able to get Nick to um appear uh it's always been when you're ready type of situation it's it was finally the the stars aligned the universe brought it together and we're gonna have uh nick v from the baker boys on in a bit i hope you guys really enjoyed that um that interview that podcast that conversation we're really just catching up and uh just getting advice it's a real good Feel good interview conversation. I'm glad you guys are going to be a part of that. Um, it's real important that you guys follow the Instagram and Twitter for you guys to get information on how to watch these interviews. It's going to be, it is posted right now on my um, personal Instagram. So make sure you guys check that out. We're going to talk about some things today, though, man. We got Oscar De La Hoya. We got the NBA playoffs. We got the new Nas album. And um, we got the first day of school for some of our, you know, our nephews, our sons and daughters. So we're going to talk a lot about that today and i want to give a big shout out to our sponsor for today's podcast big joe bullies i know i'm a dog lover i know a lot of my friends are dog lovers right now y'all we have some beautiful purebred american bullies ready for you to take home now Puppies are starting um, at $2,500 deposit. Stud fees are starting out $1,000. And Big Joe Bullies are taking deposits now. This is a great dog for the family, a great dog. Um, if you don't, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to have a beautiful um, animal. It's a beautiful dog. These American Bullies are one of a kind. You can't get them anywhere else. And man, my friend, um, my friend Domo has an American Bully BX beautiful dog. Um, I guess you could say it's gonna be someone that can make you can make a part of your family. Um, awesome purebred American bullies, y'all. And Big Joe Bully, we're gonna have some pictures and video for you guys today. They were kind of to sponsor to sponsor my podcast today. Episode fifty three is brought to you by. Big Joe Bully. So, Big Joe, I appreciate the love, my guy Domo. I appreciate the opportunity. Make sure you guys put your deposits down now. These puppies are amazing, and you need one. If you're a dog lover, this is the kind of puppy you want. American purebred bullies taking deposits now. They're starting at $2,500. Do that today. And let the DLC tell you what you need to do next. 
Alright y'all, this is the Lend Me Your Ear segment, we're here to shoot the shit, with no specific topic or objective in mind, I'm not here to change your beliefs, I'm not here to change the way you think, I'm here to just really talk about what I want to talk about, this is what we do at the STS Podcast, and we have a lot of things to talk about today, um, again, we have a great podcast interview with Nick V of the Baker Boys, I want to discuss, right now, we know what's, what's a real hot topic right now, just as sports as the NBA playoffs. And these first round matchups, y'all, have been awesome. I don't know about you guys, but Luka Doncic is proving to the world that he is definitely going to be mentioned um, as one of the top players in the NBA today. If you guys seen his last second shot in overtime, this is where legends are made. I know stars are created during the season, but I believe that legends are created during playoff time, during that crunch time, carrying your team to that next round. And man, we see the 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 series is tied up right now with the Clippers and the Nug- the Clippers and the Mavericks. And I want to be honest with you guys. I picked the Clippers to win just because you know got the. PG-13, Leonard, uh, Lou Williams, you have Doc Rivers at the helm. Um, I figured they were going to breeze through these Dallas Mavericks. Um, and Lord was I wrong. It's been it's it's tied 2-2 right now. That's an awesome matchup coming out of the West. Um, if you guys know where Paul George is at, let the LA Clippers know as soon as possible. I think that's one of the um how do I say this? It's one of the contributing factors to why the, the Clippers are in the position they are now. They're on the brink of making this damn series. They're go, about to go down three two. And Paul George has not been you know, hasn't been found anywhere. Um he hasn't had the best outings lately. And I don't and I think that's that's pivotal to what um the Clippers uh, envision this postseason. I think they really, they understand that in order for them to strive and um, succeed, they can, they're going to have to have contributions from their star players. Um, they're going to need contributions from um, on a consistent basis with Paul George. And, you know, but again, this is just something that... Um, it's the funk. Everybody gets in a slump. Hopefully, he shoots himself out of that, and we'll see what happens. I want to discuss um, Montrez Harrell. He is a player from the Clippers. If you guys see, it's been a kind of a controversial topic. He was playing. It was I think it was game three, I believe. He had a great play, and you know he's going back in the court. And you can hear him mouth the words to Luka Doncic, who is New. I think he's from New Zealand. He's European. Um, he says, bitch-ass white boy, as he's going back in the court. And it caused a lot of talk amongst, you know, people on Twitter, people on social media, just people in, um, people in general. Um, it kind of brought the fact that there may be a double standard when it comes to um, black athletes, I guess you could say, um, trash-talking to white players. He called him a bitch-ass white boy. A lot of people felt like um, Harold should have been punished for that. Um, they felt like it was unnecessary. It was, um, especially in these times, he's 
calling out somebody for their skin color. Um, I believe if the roles were reversed, don't know how Luca, you know, if, just imagine what he would have said if, if it would have been him saying something in that frame of, you know, bitch ass, black guy, bitch ass, whatever you want to say, which is, I don't know, I think if he would have jumped the N-bomb, it would have been super different, that's a whole different concept, oh, it's weight. I don't know if Harrell saying bitch ass white boy holds any weight as in I don't think he said it as a, out of spite and hate I think it was trash talking and I know in this day and age people hate the word locker room talk and you know it's the way guys talk on the court uh just believe that maybe it would have been different if it was Luca saying that towards black people but I honestly think man this is just um this is what in the heat of war. This is the the emotion that comes with it. I don't think Harold meant any hate towards Luca. I know, you know, he did apologize, you know, meant mid court. I think this is just in the middle of the heat the heat of the moment. Um these guys are professional athletes and I think, you know, just the emotions got better of Harold. But I do understand where people are coming from, that double standard. If it was a white man saying that towards a black guy, I think we would have been up in up in arms. You know, he has to be canceled. He has to be suspended. It's, it's outrageous that they even, you know, let him in, you know, let, let him play, um, suspend him for a game, at least fine him. And I don't think Harold was even, um, you know, Recommend in any way, but again, man, this is just you know the game, especially if you you know you're you're exposed to basketball, you're exposed to any type of athletics. When you're in the game, it's just it's just the heat of the you know the heat of the moment, and um, I feel what people are coming from. No, I definitely feel that, um, but it, I think it did, and I hate distractions when it comes to basketball. Um, I know right now with everything going on in the world, people some people felt like. Uh, some people still feel that we should never even start playing um, basketball again just because it's taken away from what's going on in the world, uh, especially against, with injustices against black people. And that's that, that ongoing battle that's still going on with all, you know, for all minorities against law enforcement. Some people weren't really happy about the NBA coming back. Um, and, you know, it, I think... Uh, it's a sticky situation, man. I think, especially right now, I want to tell you guys, just for myself, I love playoff basketball. I've been watching so much the first round. I needed this. Um, being home all fucking day has not been kind, at least to me mentally. So to get some, um, to get some, uh, just to get away from that has been a blessing. But um, the 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 legend of Luca is developing before our eyes. Awesome, awesome series right now. Uh, I know Porzingis has been out. Uh, I know he was injected in the first game, but he when he is available, the man is. Oh man, he is playing lights out. Um, really, uh, Boban Marjanovic, he's a center. He's playing quality minutes. He's giving another dimension to that Dallas team. Um, really loving what uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is doing. He is playing really well. He's shooting the basketball really well. He's coming through when his team needs him the most. And that's all you ask for is to make up for the quality minutes. Seth Curry is, man, the guy is showing that he is also a sharpshooter. And 
man, you can't ask more than that. It's playoff basketball. Your leaders are your leaders are playing great. You just contribute. I think of, you know with playoff time, you just gotta play your role. Um, and the Clippers too. You know they're not a team to sleep on. We and they're not they're without Patrick Beverly, but they're you know guys like um Marcus Morris are stepping up for the occasion. It's a beautiful thing. I think Marcus Morris hit a uh, hit a three to get that one point lead. He came through in the clutch. Uh, Lou Williams, I don't think he's found his stride his stride yet, but the man could create off contact. So I'm really excited for this series. I think it's far from over. Um, see, Toronto beat the Nets. I think we all seen that coming. I picked the Raptors to, to show out. Uh, you know, the Nets are without KD and without Kyrie Irving. So this was kind of... Um, it was unfortunate for them, but they did play tough. I appreciate that. The 76ers and the Boston Celtics, man, uh, Boston swept the Sixers. And the big story right now was what's next for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they just fired Coach Brown yesterday. And we got to see how it's going to be with, are we going to keep Embiid? Are we going to keep Simmons, I know they have these big contracts right now. Um, they have the huge contracts with Tobias Harris uh, and Al Horford. Who and, and and you know what? If you get paid that money, you guys, they 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 gotta show up. I know Ben Simmons opted out, which is perfectly fine, especially in this times right now. But if you look at the stat line, Horford and Tobias Harris, they didn't shoot well. Um, I can't really say, you know, who am I to say you're not worth the money that you paid? But man, y'all, they didn't, they they underperformed. Um, Joel Embiid, he can't do it all by himself. Star player, also, I think he played really well. He needs to play, you know, he plays like we all do. He plays um, a lot better when he has a fire spark under his ass. And again, he couldn't have, he couldn't do it against the Boston Celtics. You know, the, the Celtics. Are on the roll and also I think the Celtics are looking without Gordon Hayward. I dare say this man, um, Hayward is not playing, but they play a little bit better without him, and it sucks too. I love Gordon Hayward. Always loved um, since his his uh, college days. He's a stud athlete. Loved him at Butler, but man, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. They are playing great basketball. Kemba Walker is he's a he's a he's a, he's a multi-time All Star, and some of those you know sometimes it just when the team is clicking at the time they need to, that's what's going on with the Boston Celtics. So I'm really happy to see that um, the Magic and the Bucks. It looks like they're gonna be you know they're gonna defeat the Bucks. Are gonna uh, bounce the Orlando Magic out of the playoffs, and. Um, can't really say I'm surprised with that. Magic, though, man, they are playing. They're playing their hearts out. That's the type of. If you're gonna go down, you want to go down swinging. And I really love what um what they're building on. I think the Magic have a lot of potential. Um, but it, for the game yesterday, Milton went twenty one points. Uh, the Greek freak Giannis went thirty one points. Uh, Kyrie Corey pitched him with 10 points. Magic, man. Um, I believe his name is Viv Vivichik Nikola. I love this kid. I know he went to UFC. This kid is playing awesome. He had uh, 11 rebounds yesterday along with 31 points. Shot 6 from 10 from the field. He 
man, you guys, he he does a lot of things well um, in his game. Uh, he'll he, he could play in the post. He could extend his game out to the perimeter and make shots. You can't leave the man open. Marco Fultz, Fultz, this is a great place for him to be. I'm really glad he's in Orlando. I think they're gonna build for the next few years. You know, they they had a couple guys out this year. Um, or they had a couple guys on the injured injury list, you know, with Bamba, Isaac, um, Aaron Gordon. They were injured, unfortunately, for this playoff run. So we definitely got to see what's going to happen with that. Uh, the Pacers and the Heat, another series that I was, you know, paying close attention to. Um, the Heat, look, oh, man, not, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with the Miami Heat. They're looking good right now, though. Drogic is showing that this is his team, and I'm really excited about what they're gonna do. And they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a hard battle in the second round. The second round's looking really good. I think. I think the second round's gonna have a lot of great matchups. Speaking of great matchups, the you know the OKC in the in the Houston Rockets. Uh, there it's two and two right now. They, we have a, we have a series, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Chris Paul's in the Willis team. I'm trying to will his team. But damn, the Houston Rockets, though, this team could score. Um, it looks like they had five, six players in double digits yesterday, led by Harden with 32. Um, in, in the Thunder, also, they had 30 points from Schroeder coming off the bench. That's always big time numbers. 26 points by. Chris Paul, Chris Paul is a dog. Chris Paul is going to lead this team to, um, might lead them to the promise in that. I pick OKC as my upset pick. So we're going to see if that's going to hold up. Um, another, I, another team I'm seeing that's kicking ass and um, doing really well is the Utah Jazz. They're, uh, they play today at 3.30 p.m. This is on this is August 25th. The Jazz are playing really well. Donovan Mitchell is leading his team to the promised land right now. They're up 3-1. They're on the, you know, the Nuggets on the verge of elimination. On who would have thought? I had the Nuggets being the Jazz. Didn't know if the Jazz were ready. I didn't know if the Jazz were going to be um, as competitive as they are. But, man, uh, Rudy Gobert is playing like a big man. He's playing... You know, he's he's averaging 13 rebounds a game. Donovan Mitchell is playing like a man possessed. And you, man, you want that from your star athletes. Right now, the Jazz, um, Jordan Clarkson, former Laker, playing well. Mike Conley is playing well. Joel Ingles, you know, he, he can score. But right now, he's honestly just um, taking that step back. And he's just, you know, he's being a facilitator. He's playing... Uh, he's picking his spots right now. You, what can you do against that? One of those situations where you know everything is clicking right now for these guys, and um, I love this. You, I love to see it. They were they won by two um, against the Nuggets. These games have been close. I'll tell you right now, my guy Murray, Jamal Murray, the kid is a stud. He have he had fifty points. Um, a game four, but again, Mitchell had 51, so it was a little duel there. You gotta love that. Um, it's gonna be, I think the Jazz might take this. I think the Jazz are here to prove. I want to be honest with you, I've been betting on these games a lot, so I think I'm paying extra attention to. I have the Jazz if they can win the championship. I put some, I put about $12 on there, and it's gonna be a good payout for me if they win. 
Uh, last but not least, uh, let's talk about my Los Angeles Lakers first game. Uh, I think Portland was just really riding that momentum. Uh, they were finding their stride. You know, they were they knew they had to. Um, they had something to prove, and it kind of woke that giant up. If they poked the bear, Lakers are playing really well right now. They're playing um when AD and LeBron play well it's a beautiful thing uh yesterday uh was you know the mama day was august 24th so i think they they're, they're playing for kobe right now y'all they're playing for um his legacy and they're playing just to show that they are the best team in the west um lebron had 30 yesterday ad had what, 5 and 18 which you always want to see a little bit more but when you have um, Kuzma going for 18, Dwight Howard going for 13, uh, Green, and, you know, KCP and Green, they were both 5 from 8. You can't be mad at that. They were played solid yesterday. Um, McGee had, what, 8 and 8, and, uh, let's see, what a great defense. It's a little bit more of the box score, you know, but Caruso had a great game yesterday, too. Didn't do a lot, but, you know, it held down those damn Blazers. The Blazers are not an easy team to beat. Um... Right now, I know Lillard is fighting, fighting that um, dislocated finger. No excuses. Lakers are up right now 3-1. So, I, I'm thinking they they win this next game. It's so crazy um, how this bubble is affecting these professional athletes. They're not playing in front of their home audience right now. They're not playing um, with distractions. They're not... They're they're not making these flights. They're in this bubble. They're playing games every two days, and it's you know it's really it's a beautiful thing. I really am digging what they what they got going on with this bubble. I think it makes it a little more competitive. The the athletes are able to focus. They're not really dealing with distractions right now. Um, it's all about the team, and man, you love to see that. It's it's going to be a great second round of basketball. I'll tell you right now, they haven't had any coronavirus um, infections. Their leadership is something that all professional sports need to take notes from. Um, Adam Silver is doing a great job maintaining this, and they, you know, they had a goal and they're reaching that goal. Um, so check it out, man. If you guys are not watching playoff basketball, you definitely should. Man, um, Kobe. Had a birthday, mom before he was 42 years old, you guys. And, man, you just see all the love that Kobe received the last few days. Um, it makes you sad again, especially if you're a fan. If Kobe was one of your mentors, heroes. Um, I believe I put in my, you know, my caption, To the hero I've never met, but the one I always love. And that's how I feel about Kobe. Never met the man, but I love the man. And I don't even know him. Never met him a day in my life. Um, and we can go up, you know, if you guys want to hear my feelings about that, you guys go back to the Kobe episode in the podcast um, archives. But uh, the Nike did a great tribute video. Um, I think Kendrick Lamar was the narrator on that. It was just being better. I think that's something that we really need to, as men, as people, just need to do better. Be better every day. And... Um, be the person that you want to be. Be the person that um, that can contribute something good in the world. Every day is an opportunity to get better. Every day that you're blessed to wake up. Every opportunity that you're um, able to uh, 
you know, just get up and live, man. That's an accomplishment. A lot of people can't. A lot of people aren't able to wake up and be with their families. A lot of people aren't here to enjoy that. Um, and every opportunity is a day. To, it's it's it, it's in your control. Every day is an opportunity to get better. It doesn't matter if it's a better person, a better student, a better father, a better mother, a better brother, a better Nino, a better um, podcaster, a better DJ, a better worker, a better teacher, a better student. Every day is the opportunity to get better. I think that's what we all strive. I know that's what I strive for in all aspects of my life as a boyfriend, as a, as a, as a son, as a, a brother, as a mentor, as a, as a friend. Uh, I want to get better in all aspects of my life, so Kobe does motivate, you know, he does provide that motivation still in his demise. Still can't believe it, y'all. Still can't fucking believe that Kobe's gone, and, you know, the last couple of days have been really uh, sad. You know, you see his wife post, you know, his birthday, her first, his first birthday without being there physically. It's sad. Um, I can't imagine. Uh, I've been with my girlfriend for some time now, and... I can't imagine being married to her for 30 years and or been with her for almost 30 years of my life and lose her. I'll be devastated. So shout out to the Bryant family. Everybody be better. Now, we're not asking her to be perfect. No one is. But we all as, always want everybody to be better. Strive to be better, y'all. <laughs> and someone who's striving to be better, Oscar De La Hoya. The word is Oscar De La Hoya is trying to make this comeback. And I don't know how I feel about this. Um, you guys know I love boxing. Love it to the to the T. Oscar De La Hoya, those 47 years old. Oscar De La Hoya has been out of the game. Let's see here. Let me just look something up real fast. Oscar De La Hoya is 47 years old. And I expect what the fuck Oscar has done in his career. Oscar fought everybody. Oscar never hit. Oscar never... Play the politic game. Oscar fought everybody at, who was whoever was somebody at the time. Oscar fought them. But let me tell you, Oscar De La Hoya has not fought since two thousand and eight. And when he fought Benny Pacquiao in two thousand eight, he didn't look great. When he fought Steve Forbes, exactly who's Steve Forbes? He beat. He got beat down by Mayweather. I know he. You know he. My Ricardo Mayoga, he beat that, and then you know that it's crazy how that that loss to Hopkins was kind of like the downfall of his career. Sadly, um, De La Hoya, man, it's, it's been twelve years. Forty. Let's see here. Let me just look at this right now. He's damn near my dad's age. Forty-seven years old. Didn't know he was born on two two four nine two two four seventy three. He's an Aquarius, so you know what? We're always looking to outdo ourselves. So maybe that's what it is. But um, what the rumors are, Oscar La Hoya is coming back, and he's not gonna go. Um, oh man, he's not gonna go the 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 Tyson Jones route. He's not gonna um. Take exhibition fights, supposedly. Supposedly, he's gonna be in there with some with some real contenders. Uh, I just don't know how I feel about that, y'all. I don't want. And the reason why I state that, because this is a dangerous game. 
this is a a young man's sport. These guys now are a little bit more faster, a little more strong. Even the guys you know who are ranked lower in the division. Um, I don't want Oscar De La Hoya to get hurt. I don't want Oscar De La Hoya to ruin his legacy. I don't want Oscar De La Hoya to um, look like a, like a shadow of his former self. Um, don't know if he can compete right now with even the bottom half of the welterweight division. It's a, it's a tough division, man. Uh, boxing is also a tough thing to get back into after you've been gone for so long. It's difficult to... Um, Get in ring shape. It's difficult to adjust. Um, you know, you've been you're living every day. I'm not sure how long. I'm, I'm not sure how. I don't know. I don't know how often he's been sparring. But that's something you just don't get back in one week. Uh, I don't know if a 90 day training camp is gonna get Oscar De La Hoya prepared for a bottom feeder, a guy if you know ranked below the 50th, ranked 15 under. You know, fit to say boxer Joe Joe Boxer ranked number 55 in the division. I don't know if De La Hoya beats him right now just because of the time. And I know the speed probably is still there, but Father Time does not play around. Father Time is, does not take any man, um, does not favor any man. I don't think De La Hoya should do this. I don't think De La Hoya should put himself in a position to be hurt. Um, don't know if he should be in a position to be embarrassed. Don't know if he should be in a position to... Um, to ruin his legacy. And who am I? I'm just a fan. But I just think he should stick to what he's been doing. You have to let go at one time. If he wants to come back for exhibition belt, that's fine. But if you want to go in there with these top tier contenders, I don't think that's the answer. I don't think that's a smart move for Austin Deloitte at this time. And um, we shall see. We definitely shall see. I'm not... um. I'm a little scared for Delahoy. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, wish him all the luck in the world, but don't think it's gonna work out, y'all. Don't think it's gonna work out. Um, who knows what he got cooking under there? But I'll tell you one thing: we got cooking some great open fire cooking, beef briskets, pulled pork, pit barrel ribs. Our sponsor for the STS podcast today. FGR Catering. My guy Freddie Reck is sponsoring our podcast again this week. And man, his catering and grills have been featured on the cooking channel. And Freddie is the best at the grill. He will get your next event ready to go. Memorable food, scrumptious, awesome. It's an art. With cooking, this is definitely an art to Freddie. You guys should definitely contact. FGR Catering, you can find it at Freddy underscore Rec, R-E-C. You definitely could book your next event at FGRCatering at gmail.com. Again, open fire cooking, FGR Catering. They do, this is just not, and this is not all they do, but this is just a part of the, <laughs> the arsenal. Beef briskets, pulled pork, pit barrel ribs. Featured on the cooking channel just because it's that damn good. That's our podcast sponsor for this week, also. FGR Catering, my guy Freddie Rec. I appreciate you so much, man. Again, we're nothing without our sponsors. Make sure you contact FGR Catering today.
And another thing you guys should definitely check out today is this Nas album, King's Disease. Nas is back, and we gotta give love to the to the producer, to the to Hit Boy. Nas and Hit Boy have a new album called King's Disease, y'all. And I want to tell you guys right now, I'm loving everything about it. I'm loving the direction it went. Um, Nas is really. He was in his bag on this one, I guess you could say. Nas definitely um showed that he still is one of the best MCs in the world. One, probably one of the best. I guess, still one of the best New York MCs in the world, New York rappers. And man, it's an awesome, it's an awesome album. Again, it's called King's Disease. Uh, released under Mass Appeal, Hit Boy um, producer. You guys, he has several hits. Look him up if you know hip hop. He produced all of this album, and it's a beautiful album, y'all. Um, Nas, and I'm. I, you guys know me. I've never been. I'm not a, the biggest Nas fan. I'm. I'm. I'm a low key hater. I'm not gonna lie. But this right here, you guys, you guys definitely gotta check this album out. A lot of great storytelling. The beats are, and I give a lot of shit to Nas because of his beat selection. But let me tell you right now, Hit Boy came correct on this one. Love it. I it's it's 38 minutes long, man, and I'm listening to it. I've been listening to it every day for the last three, four days since it's been out. It's little to the hype. I know he just announced it, and you know he has a bar that he sets for himself and. It's up there. It's a great Nas album. It's on. Honestly, we got to give it a little more time, but it's gonna be up there. For some of his best work. Um, it's gonna be in the discussion also for album of the year. Uh, Blue Benz is a great song. Cardi Five is a great storytelling song. They came out with Ultra Black as the first single. It's it's different. I like it. And Nas is also kind of reinventing himself a little bit. Um, Twenty Seven Summers is a great. Um, another story uh, just about his hip-hop career. It comes out with the intro track called King Disease. And you just got to see, you know, Nas is kind of telling, this is my contributions to the game. Don't ever forget that. Um, All Bad with Anderson Pack is so beautiful. The anything Anderson Pack is on is a hit to me. Uh, to the War is one. I'm not, I, Dirk is, Little Dirk, I'm still trying to hop in that. On that boat, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's um different, but I like it. Uh, I can't name a bad song on here. Uh, I'm when I first seen the playlist, I already knew what song I was gonna listen to. Um, when I got on here, and the first song I listened to was Full Circle, featuring the firm. That's Cormega, um, A Z, Noriega, Foxy Brown, and that song, man, that shit gave me. The Chills. I'm sorry. Foxy Brown, AZ, and Nature. I believe Cormago is on there also. And Full Circle with the Firm is a beautiful song, man. It gave, not a lot of songs give me goosebumps. But I know that feeling when you listen to a song for the first time and you'll never forget how you felt. And Full Circle is one of those songs. it's so beautiful to hear AZ on some modern production. It's AZ's one of my favorite rappers of all time. Uh, he stands out on this track. Foxy Brown stands out on this track. Uh, love seeing Foxy do her thing. 
uh, in the last verse, it's about eight bars, Dr. Dre's on there, and he's not even listed as a fucking feature, it was beautiful, man, that was one of my favorite moments of the year, honestly, in hip-hop, uh, The Cure, that's probably the best song on there, you guys should definitely check that out, uh, Hit Boy, man, he switch. I love songs that switch up production, the, uh, honestly, let me tell you guys, I don't know if this gonna be a popular comparison, but this album kind of reminded me of, um, that Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs album, production-wise, he was able to switch it up, he was able to come come with a style that made Nas kind of step his game up. And that's what Matt Lib does with Freddie Gibbs. Uh, that's my comparison. Uh, but Nas just takes it to a whole nother level. Nas is able to do what he, you know, do what Nas has always been able to do, rap, uh, and tell a story. And he's so good at it, he kind of makes you envision what's going on. He makes it feel, he makes you feel like you you're there with him. And awesome album man i would definitely recommend everybody listen to that king's disease and let me tell you guys something else i learned it's i didn't even fucking know king's disease was a real disease <laughs> so it's clever title y'all um it's gout <laughs> it is a gout essentially uh let's see it's overindulgence of food and alcohol leading to sometimes disease of king's uh, I guess that, you know, when you're a king, you're eating and drinking alcohol all day. So that's exactly what Nas said. I'm the king of this shit. I got king's disease. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Uh, man, let's go into this real fast, man. Batman. The new trailer dropped this week. Um, I believe Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman now. Um, it looks like from what the trailer shows, young Batman... With, how do I say this? With something to prove. It's a Batman we've never seen before. It's a Batman who is coming with a vengeance. And I'm really excited for it. It looks like the Riddler is going to be one of the main antagonists. And also, Penguin. Jim Carrey was a good Riddler. But, can you top the Penguin and Batman? Um... That's going to be hard to do. Uh, Danny DeVito. Let me just look this real fast. I don't, like I said, I'm not an expert. Let me just look this real fast here, y'all. Um, let me see here real fast. Let's see here. I don't know... If, um, how do you top the last depiction of Penguin? Is that possible? But I'm all for it, honestly. This is going to be, um, another installment. It's going to be another, um, I think it's going to be something great. He's going to be another chapter in the Batman legacy. Uh, yeah, Danny DeVito uh, was the last Penguin. Didn't want to uh, miss. I didn't want to make a mistake there. I think it's going to be real hard to outshine this Penguin. And, uh, man, it, that trailer leaves you with goosebumps also. It's going to be... Um, 
Uh, it's different. Commissioner Gordon, you know, I like it. We need to switch it up. Black Commissioner Gordon, love it. I forgot the actor's name. Really good actor. Love him. It's going to be awesome. Um, but Catwoman, uh, Kravitz. I believe Zoe Kravitz. I'm really excited for that. It's going to be interesting how they all are able to um, bring these people together. Really excited to see how the Riddler um, is depicted in this one. And... Uh, is this going to be on the level of the Chris Nolan Batmans? Who knows? It looks like they said, too, this is it's going to be a whole different universe, of course. It's going to be a new Earth. It's going to be um, it's going to be a Gotham City that we've never seen before. Um, and it's going to be called the Batman. I'm really excited for this, man. I'm really, I'm a big, big, big comic book fan. And honestly, with Matt Reeves at the helm as a director, I'm really all for it. I'm really um, excited to see what's going what, what, what's going to come of this. Um, Edward Nashton. I know if you guys see Edward Nashton, he was on um, There Will Be Blood. I believe he's the guy who's the, the religious freak. Check him out. I think he's going to be a great Riddler. Um, Paul, oh, I'm sorry. Edward Nash. It's going to be Paul Dano. Paul Dano's going to be a great, um, I think he's going to be a great Riddler. Uh, Colin Farrell as um, Cobblepot. I was with Cobblepot. Let's see what happens. Um, let's see what happens with that. i seen... The makeup on Conan Farrell will look nothing like him. I'm really excited for that. Um, Andy Serkis as uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred Pennyworth, man, especially in the original Batman, was one of my favorites. Um, Michael Caine as, as Alfred, Penny Alfred Pennyworth. And the Christopher Nolan was that shit. I mean, there was a couple times there. He made me have tears in my eyes. That's how powerful Alfred could be as Batman's mentor. So I'm really, really excited for this. Um don't know um uh, how you guys feel about it. It to me it's gonna do it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be um something uh special. Um let me tell you something that's not gonna be special anymore with me. I'm no longer doing backyard boogies, y'all no longer doing gigs of that nature. Uh, shout out to everybody this weekend. It was a great time, man. But cops came. People were acting rowdy. And these were grown-ass people, adults, acting like this. And just the potential of what could go wrong, my girlfriend and I realized it's not worth it. Especially with the equipment we have. We have state-of-the-art equipment. It's not worth it. Um... And uh, we're no longer going to be doing backyard boogies. Backyard weddings, quinces, anniversary parties, controlled environments, I'm definitely for. But we're not going to do any more of these backyard boogies where anybody can show up and it's, you don't even know who the fuck's partying with you. That's not a good look for me. Um, I think I graduated from that a long time ago and, I'm not, and my business is going to be more, I need more, credi more credibility um, with gigs. Uh, that's something I made a mistake in. Sometimes you gotta learn the hard way. And um, finally decided we're not gonna be doing any more gigs like that. Um, 
what's going to be want to keep our we're going to make sure our name we're going to make sure my name is in good standing don't want a reputation as a backyard dj and be in any potentially situations where my equipment may be damaged um where uh, people may be fighting around my equipment um drunk people act wild I don't want to be involved in any confrontation with law enforcement, especially in this day and age. So uh, we're gonna just stop doing. Um, we're gonna stop doing these uh, backyard boogies, and that's just the way it's gonna be. And I hope you guys understand and keep re referring me. It's gonna be DJ, you know, DJ EC3 is here to stay and uh, try to do things better than ever in the next couple months. Um, thank you for everybody. Uh, Referring my services, recommending me. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure your event is memorable and affordable. Before we get into this interview, just want to give a little background. Nick V, Baker Boys, Nick V and Eric V brothers, uh, legendary DJs, producers, um, blessed me with an interview today. Nick V came out. We did this Insta via Instagram Live, talked, caught up. Uh, he's family. We've, you know, talked about music, of course. Talked about some stories about Biggie. Talked about how he's doing. Uh, what circumstances that he's been unfortunately given the last year. Uh, my biggest takeaway was he really loves getting back to the game. Lo loves his family, and um, made me feel I was worthy of um, DJing, and uh, gave me some great advice just to be you. Just continue doing you. Continue believing what you believe in. If you believe in what you believe in, you're going to be put in positions that may be out your comfort zone, but you're going to be able to execute because you believe in yourself. So, Nick V from the Baker Boys, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast interview. Biggest one to date, y'all. Um, it's gonna, I think it's really special. I think it's going to be... Uh, check it out for yourself. I think it's really good. Um, again... Nick V from the world famous Baker Boys. He is our guest today, episode 53. Again, this podcast is brought to you by Big Joe Bully. Taking deposits now for all their purebred American bullies. Puppies are starting at $2,500. Stud fees starting at $1,000, y'all. And make sure you contact Freddie Rec, FGR Catering, Open Fire Cooking, FGR Catering at gmail.com. Now let's get into this interview with the one and only Nick V from the Baker Boys. It's going to be episode 53 of the STS podcast. Let me get Nick on right now and we'll formally introduce him. Let's see. Cousin, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, sorry about that, can you hear me now, sorry about that cuz, yeah, yeah, I can hear you, what's up, hey man, how you doing, man, real fast, this is gonna be episode 53 right here, man, with Nick V from the world famous Baker Boys, how you doing today, cuz, man, blessed to be alive, blessed to be alive, the sun is shining, the birds are tripping, 
I woke up this morning, so I can't complain. Hey man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, that w- I like the way you get shit done. It was honestly just a DM, and you said you'll come on, so I really appreciate it. This is the podcast, bro. Um, uh, first of all, man, as a Latino DJ, you're you paved you and you and Eric paved the way for so many um, trying to do the damn thing now, and I want to thank you for that, man. Definitely, bro. Be a sound healer. You know, frequency healers is what we all are. Definitely. At the uh, core of it, you know, we're, we're bringing people joy to their weddings, to their high schools, to their radio stations, wherever a DJ, you know, puts his foot down, her foot down, and plays music, you know, that's that's a gift, and uh, people enjoy it. So uh, it's, it's a gift for me to be able to share that with you all so you can continue to share Definitely. With the next generation. And I know you probably heard this question a thousand times, cuz, but where did that start come from for you guys to start um, getting your foot into the music game, into the DJ game? Times are way different now. I know we have controllers and whatnot, but back in the day, it was all vinyl. Where did you, I guess, music theory, where did that come from? Um, I guess uh, learning the art of the DJing, you know, beat matching, scratching, things of that nature. A couple of different people. Um, Frankie Perez, number one, our cousin. DJ Party Boy in the building. What's up, DJ, DJ Party Boy? Party Boy. He was the one who took me and, and, and actually invited me to learn how to mix on beat and on time. Everything I was doing up until that point was just um, what I thought I, I knew how to do. I guess I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah, Maybe it was that bad and he had to step in and be like, hey, let me show you what you <laughs> <laughs> He's done the same thing to me, man. Shout out to, shout out to yeah, Party Boy. I did not know he was he was one of the people who helped you out. Yeah, Party Boy was a part of the scene. You know, um, When we were doing videos in Bakersfield at, at, uh, 
on Union Avenue. He was one of the DJs around Moses Say. He, him and Moses Say were partners, and I didn't really know that until later on in all of our lives. But Moses Say was the house DJ at Vidal's, okay. and uh, Party Boy was his partner. Tight, um, tight. Um, what else? And then my, moving on to 1986, that's when DJ Sid Perry, another DJ, um, showed us something. He showed us some magnificent shit we've never heard or seen before, uh, which was going back and forth and bringing the record back and starting it over, bringing that record back and starting it over. He showed Eric B a lot of tricks, and he hung around us at Vidal's, and Sid Perry, also known as DJ Wicked, also known as DJ Nairu, um, beautiful soul uh, from right there in Bakersfield. He, he lived really close to, to uh, Vidal's at the time, actually. Definitely. So he showed us a lot of tricks, and he showed us the K-Day tapes. You know, he brought he he was go back. He had cousins in Los Angeles, so he would go back and forth, and he would bring these cassettes back of K-Day, what they were doing, um, and that was magnificent to us. So that was he was another key component, and then from that point, we were turning around to Tony G and Julio G, and the rest of the mix masters. But yeah. those guys stuck out to us the most. Their styles to us. Mm-hmm. You know, stuck out to it, me and Eric the most. So we kind of cleaned to them and their style for the most part. K Day. So there's the lineage right there. You know, it starts with house parties, uh, Videl's, Party Boy, Sid Perry, and then Tony G and Julio G. That, those are our, our masters, our, our living masters. Yes, definitely, bro. I know. See, I think that's another thing that um, people don't realize how important radio was back then, cousin. It wasn't. Like it is now with streaming, I can't really tell you. Last time I listened to an FM station, can you kind of explain to people how important radio was back then to not just DJs but hip hop artists? Well, to everybody, you think about it. Close your eyes real quick and think about not having a Spotify or iTunes or iPad or iPod or iPhone. You didn't have any of that. None of that. None of this digital stuff was available. All you had was radio, and you turn that shit on, and they would entertain you. And that's where you would find K Day. That's yes. where you would find the Baker Boys. That's where you might find DJ Joe Cooley. That's where you might find DJ Dr. Dre. Definitely. Um, you know the mix masters on K Day. So it was magical. You know, the, the, really, the, the radio was is it still is super magical in a certain way. Um, but that's what I'm, that's the best way to do it. Just remove everything that you had, um, your ability to get music from. You didn't have no Spotify playlists. You, if you wanted to go and buy the record, you could go and do that, or a cassette tape, or you know, uh, whatever the technology was at the time. But mm-hmm. we, as music and frequency healers, we were doing the work. We were the filters. We were the ones that were going out to the record stores and purchasing and listening to and, and searching and listening to other DJs and see what they're playing. Um, trying to get these magical records that these people were producing and making. So we were doing the jobs of Spotify. We were iTunes music. We were Beats One music. All of us DJs. And we weren't all on the radio. You know, there was cats that were doing big things in the clubs or doing mixtapes or in the swap meets, whatever. So radio was, that was the golden grail. That was the holy grail. Mm -hmm. But if you got on radio, forget about it. I mean, it was like, even if it was AM, it didn't matter. You were able to play, I, we were able to play Stevie B, Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, you know, the list goes on and on, you know, 1988 when we had Boogie Down Productions coming out, we had Tribe Called Quest coming out, we had just so much amazing hip-hop music that was coming from New York and Los Angeles at that time, UWA, of course, Bay Area was coming in uh, with Too Short and E-40, so, 
you know, we were the ones that were bringing all of these sounds and all of these textures from around the world, um, from from Germany, from uh, Italy, uh, wherever the music was coming from, Canada. You know, we searched high and low record stores, listening over, dragging hundreds of miles to get these records so we can bring back, so we can flex on motherfuckers. Like, yo, listen <laughs> to this. Have the exclusive shit. Uh-huh. Definitely. Breaking records. I don't know. That's another thing, too. I don't think, you know, some artists ask me once in a while about playing their music. I don't have a radio show, but I think that that's another art that's kind of lost, too, is breaking records now. Having the exclusive first listen to expose them to the to the world. Well, all that's changed because it doesn't really matter definitely. much anymore. Definitely, it's just the the specialty, the specialness of it uh, has has went away because you come out of the studio and it goes up on SoundCloud and it, you know it's not that work from there anymore. It's like everybody can hear it, everybody can get it if they really want to get it. It's just so fractic, uh, uh, fractured. The, the, where everybody receives their music and how they stream or where they buy. Uh, you know, there's purists out there that still only do wax, and God bless them. But, you know, it's just too fractured now. So what you really have to do is you're searching for what speaks to your heart and your soul, whether, whether it's a podcast or whether it's an IG Live. You know, you're, you're spending your time consuming what feels good to you, and you don't have to look at the radio anymore as to say all, do all. So the gatekeepers have left. Now everybody's exactly. their own gatekeeper. Yes. That, 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 that term has been gone for 10, 12 years now, because once the digital game came into play, the gatekeepers went away. Definitely. And that I think that it kind of saturates the game, and it hurts it in the process, don't you think, in the long run? Well, it, it gives everybody the opportunity to shine the best that they can. With, with what they have in front of them. So, you know, there's very good success stories. Success stories, and there's people that are, you know, define a success story, you know. Uh, for everybody else, it's different. Success is different. So, uh, yes, saturation, absolutely. How do you sift through it? You just got to be yourself. You just got to continue on your own route and not look around and see what everybody else is doing because you'll just fall into the trap. I think right now, like, the last uh, debate I kind of got into about saturation in the game and just attention span of people was just with Nas's, um King's Disease. It's like he dropped this, and people are already asking, yo, when's this next album going to come out? Like, dude, he just dropped it on Thursday. And you listen to it. I know it's only 38 minutes long, but that should, you know... Like, I don't understand the, the, the attention span of, you know, a hip-hop listener. I think they're not really absorbing and appreciating the music as much as they did back in the day. Well, music has become a promotional tool now. It's no longer as special as it used to be, unfortunately. I hate to say that out loud because I make music, you yes. know, and I, and I put my heart and my soul into the music that I make, and hopefully somebody will hear it and enjoy it and utilize it, but it's specifically a promotional tool now because music has been given away for free for so long. Um, free mix tape here, free mix tape. I mean, there's no more value. The monetary value on music has just diminished for the most part. Look at it as a sticker. Look at it as a free uh, shirt um, from your favorite artist. Like, boom, I just got a free album from so-and-so. But you're telling me now that the hip-hop, even the hip-hop enthusiasts, you know, maybe... Because the old school cats, I can't see them saying when the next when's the next album. You know, five days. The new cats, they're they're like dropping every two shit. weeks. They drop shit, but they can. Yeah, that's definitely. The that's that's the new work ethic. That's that's what you know. P 
people like Drake have put in place. We have albums to drop. Logic says I have five albums to drop whenever I want to drop them because that's how they're that's how fast they're working. And and my thought process process on that is when you get signed to a major record label like a Drake is to a Cash Money or to a public through Cash Money through Young Money blah 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 whatever. They sign multi-record labels, multi-record deals, five, six, ten records. So the smart cats, like a Drake or like a Tupac at that time, who did a similar situation and signed his shit away, is that he was he had he was uh, locked into six albums. So he's like, I gotta record, I gotta record, I gotta record. I'm gonna get this shit out. So once you're done with those albums, you turn them in. You're done with the contract. Mm-hmm. So smart cats, if they're signed to, you know, and they can turn out that kind of. A product like a Drake can, mm-hmm. he can get out of his contract. You know, hopefully he can get out of his contract. It's not in perpetuity, mm-hmm. uh, in perpetuity. But you turn in all those albums and you're done. Like boom, whoa, whoa, I'm out. Definitely, that's what I think. That's right. That's a smart thing to do. Definitely. But um, you have to be able to turn out that kind of product. So maybe that's where the saturation comes in, and also saturation comes in where because it's so easy to broadcast, it's so easy to make it out, it's so easy to create your own website and do your own things. Like why? Why not? You know, not everybody's a rapper, not everybody's an MC, not everybody's a DJ. That's just our community. You yes, know, definitely. You know, it's saturated because we know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Because there's kids trying to get to school right now. There's parents trying to teach their kids right now. They ain't tripping on us DJing and saturation of hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. That's first world problems. That's what we like to call them. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. What um, what would be your favorite time, cousin? You would say during your, I guess, your hip this hip hop uh, journey you've been on. What was your favorite time? I want to talk about that too. I heard some crazy stuff back in the day. I just didn't, I didn't realize either. But yeah, why and why was that? From '88 to what '97? Yeah, '97. Well, I mean, I, number one, I personally was on a rocket ship with my career, musically, relationship, you know, children. Um, it was just a beautiful time. It was just so much great music out there. Uh, I was probably the poorest in my life at that point in time. You know, I, I was me and my family were homeless. You know, in 1988, you know, when we were on the radio, we didn't have our own home or our own place to go, but it was still a magical time for me. So, in 88, I started there, and then all the way through 97 until Biggie died, you know, that was my, that was my, uh, my spirit animal, Biggie was, <laughs> you know, he, he was fat, and he was dope, and he was accepted, and I was fat. And I was dope, and I was accepted. And his music spoke to me, not from a uh, standpoint of I, I, uh, I was a drug dealer or anything like that, yeah. but as a hip-hop purist, uh, in its purest form, he he, uh, he brought that to life for me. Yeah. You know, so when that happened, it just, I just kind of, it just broke my heart. You know, and uh, from that point forward, just a spiral down for me and, you know, my commitment and the love for hip-hop, but fortune. It's crazy how people, you know, enjoy this with me. He was just 24 years old when that happened. That's that's a trip, right? Like, he was so young and still has so much more to give to the game. Um, Would you look at that kind of like a sacrifice? It kind of opened the gateway to the game and kind of, I guess, made it a worldwide thing after that? Um, No, uh, I I think that was, you 
know, a piece of it, but before before Biggie and Pac, you know, we got to give credit due to, to the folks that really made it a worldwide hip-hop phenomenon. You know, back to 82, back to the Soul Sonic Forest and Planet Bach and these guys who made it a global thing before we even heard the two words put together, hip-hop. Like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. You know, come on. So, you know, that was just... You know, I experienced it from, I would say, 84 when I, I first turned on to um, Rapper's Delight through my, my cousin Mario, a primo from Los Angeles. He came down to Bakersfield to spend the summer with us because he was in trouble with drugs and stuff. But um, he brought down his boombox and his eight-track tapes and he kept on <laughs> playing Rapper's Delight over and over and over until we all knew the fucking lyrics. So, you know, it was a worldwide phenomenon. You know, uh, when it got to the point where it was now puffy, and Bad Boy, and Def Jam, and Jay-Z, and now, in hindsight, you look at these people that I'm naming, mm-hmm. and you see that they're all billionaires now. Definitely. So, you know, they did help take it to a whole other level when it regards to merchandise and making hip-hop, you know, lifestyle come to life, mm-hmm. visually, um, culturally, with the, with the fashion, and all that stuff. It was an entire fucking movement, you know? Yeah. So, all that time, think about that from Rapper's Delight to till Biggie died and where it was from that point until from H-Rap tapes in 1982, 84 to you know, platinum rings and, and, and death and murders Definitely. in Los Angeles and, and, and Vegas. And so it was sad, you know, when, and when you think about it, those con- and, you know, I've lived through it though. Mm-hmm. You know, I was born in 73 when hip-hop was born in 73 in, 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 in the Bronx, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was it was a death of hip hop for me. You know, is that it's, it's kind of like the day that music died for you then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This my soul didn't sing the same way. You know, I think people. Biggie's my favorite MC of all time, man. It just feels like. He made rap, he made his flow like it was breathing. That's how easy it was for him. What was I guess your favorite moment with him too? Because I know you guys spent some time together also. I mean, every moment when I was able to spend with Biggie was special. You know, taking pictures with him. You know, seeing him perform on stage, asking him questions, not knowing who he was. You know, like our relationship grew over two two years, three years. You know, the first time he came in, I had no idea who he was what his music sounded like really <laughs> and then the next time I, I, I seen him in the morning show I knew him a little bit more than I was you know I was a fan and I was like wow that was really really good bro you know and that was good and then the next time he came back with his new album and we were even closer he did a breakfast with us you know for our listeners but we took a picture that that infamous picture next to my car Big Papa mm-hmm. so you know he was uh, uh, ingrained in my in my musical soul and in my life and I kind of lived out you know the Biggie uh, persona I, I thought you know at that point in time I guess what was how old was I 20 fucking 22 23 <laughs> years old I was a young buck you know Definitely. I, mean, I had an incredible job and a booming sound system and I was I was talking with people like Biggie Smalls you know it was it was a whirlwind for me at that point in time so Definitely. you know you're looking back at it now I, I have to take a breath and be like wow that and not many people experience that cousin like that's a unique position to be in you know what I mean oh yeah for sure it's a definitely it's a unique blessing. position I t- and another thing I take away from that it's sad that he didn't get to see the impact that the album got uh, made on people like after death 
You don't see how many people yeah. love that album. Yeah. I think it went diamond yeah. after that, right? Say again. Yeah, it went diamond after. It went diamond oh, right when it was released. I don't even know, man. You know, even I, I couldn't even really enjoy the album as much as I wanted to because of his death. Honestly, brother. Damn. It, it just you know, even though I played the record, you know, and I was proud of Biggie, and I was proud of the music that he made and stuff. It was it was tough for me to personally enjoy that album like I did the first album after his death. You know. Definitely. Um, but that's just me being honest, you know. No. Uh, I never talk, really talked about it. I was really asking about, you know, my feelings um, in depth about, you know, thinking how I felt after his death and what his music meant to, to me. You know, a lot of hip-hop for me, um, old-school hip-hop stuff, um, I try my best to favor it as much as, as, much as I can and not abuse it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want I wanted to, to maintain its its specialness to me. It's um, so when I do play it, it means something to me. Ooh, definitely, shit. definitely. What would be you would say you and Nick's big first break into the game would be to the hip hop game? My brother Eric. Nick, I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah, you and Eric. What would be you? What would be you and Eric's first big break in the game? And Pete, man, Pete, a lot of people don't. People, a lot of people don't remember what they did for Rasa and hip hop, dude. I don't know if they're giving the just due that they deserve. Maybe it's just this new no. generation that put on that. Well, it's the lineage, you know. It's our obligation and responsibility to carry the lineage on and make sure that people are held in high regard and talk about them and talk about what they did and how they provided you know for our latino hip-hop community before we even had an identity they helped create the identity of the so-called quote-unquote chicano rap you know i was already i already removed we already removed ourselves from from that um that circle i guess if you will mm-hmm. of chicano rap uh, but we were very proud to be a part of the latin alliance mm-hmm. with kid frost alt a host of other young dope uh, MCs mm-hmm. uh, that come up during that time. So, and of course, working with Tony and Julio and Mellow Man Ace and a lot of Shade of Brown. We worked with all those cats. Those, mm-hmm. That was our first production credits, literally. Okay, okay. And yet, nothing too. You're not just a DJ because you are a producer. Also, yeah. people need to yeah, recognize that too. I'm sure they do, but just some some people who listen to my podcast probably don't understand the impact. You do make music. You were a producer. Um, you still have music that I listen to. I love it. You're still yeah. you're still producing music. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'll never stop producing music. That's where my heart is. You know, and and creating and uh, writing and creating music is where my my true heart lies. Definitely. I guess you, the first break I kind of meant as in. Um, when you can start, when you can start eating and start living off of music, you didn't have to have an uh, eight to five anymore. We didn't have to start uh, punching in a clock for somebody who don't give a fuck about us. You know what I mean? Well, damn, uh, shit, man, that's a tough question for me as well because thank God I never really had to work a full time 
job in my life. I started DJing at 11. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, selling mixtapes. But not too long after that, I started selling records at high school in order to feed me and the family. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I've been just hustling and grinding. The first paying job would be, and it wasn't a lot, BKKXX in Bakersfield, 1991. I remember so that. <laughs> I started getting paid then. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like it was between me and Eric, so we had to split everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and 1993 is when we got our full time gig at Power 106. So a good gig, paying gig, more than when we were getting paid at Bakersfield, mm-hmm. that would be it. And how did the doors open for that? Because to go from you know KKXX to Power 106, that's not you know that's not easy to do. Was that luck, or was that just the universe working for you guys? It was everything, all of that, uh, and also us grinding our asses off and being the uh, um, independent, hardworking uh, Mexicans that we were from Bakersfield and knowing we had to make a place for ourselves in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did get some some assistance through a lot of folks, you know, that believed in us Definitely. Uh, in the industry in Los Angeles. So. Definitely. Uh, we wouldn't have got that Power 106 gig if we weren't producing music. And we wouldn't have had a demo tape for Power 106 if we weren't on the radio at in Bakersfield. So Definitely. here's what it happened. We're in the studio in Los Angeles, still living in Bakersfield, me and Eric. I think it was a Yo-Yo session. We're working with Yo-Yo and Ice Cube. Cube's, I would say that's Cube's artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, they canceled the session. So it was like four, four o'clock. They canceled us. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? So we started making the phone calls and put around to our record label folks here in town. Start making calls, and one guy says, come on over. And uh, we went to, to his office on Sunset, Profile Records. Bruce Langer. And um, so we're hanging out with him, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. He's like, hey, you guys want to go to dinner? Like, yeah, it's fine. Where are we going to go? He's like, um, I don't know. We're going to go somewhere in Hollywood. I'm like, yeah, cool. He's like, very cool. We invite some, if I invite my buddies. Sure, whatever you want. He's like, cool, let's get in the car. So we pile into our van. Me and Eric V had a blue Chrysler, like, cross-country van with a booming sound system in it. And we put Bruce Reiner in our van, and we go pick up his buddy. His buddy is Harold Austin. Harold Austin was the brand new um, assistant program director at The Beat in Los Angeles. Cool. So we're going to go meet another friend of his at dinner in Hollywood. We show up to Antonio's Mexican on Melrose. It's me, Eric V, Bruce Schreiner, Harold Austin, joined by R106. So it's all of us at dinner, Mexican dinner, mm-hmm. Melrose, mm-hmm. tequila. Oh, yeah. La Bamba. Yeah. <laughs> We're just having a good old time. Bro. Definitely. And, uh, and at some point, I put my drink down and I banged my head, my, my hand on the table. And I said, this time next year, I'm going to be working at Power 106. <laughs> and everybody started laughing. And uh, that was it. That was the the moment of declaration that I put out there. And Dave Morales pulled us to the side when we got out of the uh, the restaurant. He said, "I'm drunk as fuck. You guys would probably get think I'm crazy, but I think it'd be perfect for this hip hop 
Friday night show, they were trying to start on Power 106. Said, give me a demo. So we gave him a demo. We saw him three weeks later at the Gavin Convention um, in San Francisco. We gave him the demo, and he called us up and said, Rick wants to meet with you guys. So once again, we would not have got that, been at that dinner table if we wouldn't have been producing, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have got canceled. Definitely. So when I say the universe, yes, yes. luck, absolutely, mm-hmm. but we had the goods. We were prepared. Yes. We were ready to do what was necessary for the hip-hop universe, for the frequencies that were given to us. So we were right for the picking, and we did what was necessary. That's it. Definitely. What, and like I, like, like right now, because I'm, I'm, I'm DJing, right? What would be your advice to me, man? Just to, just to, I don't know, stay motivated, but just to, I get, uh, say, show that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Well, just continue to do what you love. If you love it, then I do. It should be no end. It won't be an end to to what you're. Hold on, let me put my bird inside. No, definitely. I always tell people I try to grind, man. There's no days off for this shit, honestly. I don't have an eight to five either. I was able, I was blessed enough to just do my own thing and just make this DJ thing work. And like I said, you and Eric, man, you guys paved the way for people like me, man. Not just DJs, but Latino DJs, you know. now cousin what do you think the state of hip-hop right now oh i think we're in a good place i think it's highly i, I think it's a cover is highly profitable but i think with social media man with with streaming i think it's highly accessible also now it's impossible for somebody not to find your record i think like if you go and find my record it's not hard to find well you just gotta have all your business in place to make sure that it's up on all your platforms, you know, and, and all that's available for free now. You don't, yeah. need it, but you don't need a record label anymore. Unless, you know, you, you, 
it takes money to make money. You know, you have marketing and promotion dollars, but you could be smart about that. You could take classes to learn how to market and promote yourself. Mm-hmm. Like these days, you got to do everything. You can't just be the, the producer. You can't just be the DJ. You got to be the marketing promoter, DJ, um, um, uh, editor, film editor, everything. But you get, you look at all the tools you got available to you now. We're doing a live stream right now, talking back and forth on some walkie talkie shit, 2020. Dude, it just. Right? And we're just catch, this is just catching up, honestly, and just kind of getting to know what the hell you're doing. This is nothing, not, nothing too crazy at all. If they're not, if people are not utilizing the gifts and the technology that we have at our, at our fingertips to, to to follow their dreams, then they don't need to be doing this. They need to figure out something else. Yeah. Real talk, because there's way too many uh, accessible uh, tools for us to not succeed. So I don't want to hear no boo-hoo by anybody <laughs> that is not you know, doesn't have the right tools or anything like that. Use what you have to, to use it. Everybody's got a fucking phone. Don't tell me you ain't got a phone. Everybody got one. You know, build your followers. But you got turntables. Well, you got a beatbox. You can sing. Can you flute? What can you do? You know, what is special about you that is going to be different and it's going to attract what you're trying to attract? You know, you got to be 100 with yourself and the universe. Like, really, what are you trying to attract for yourself? Do you want to be uh, a DJ? Okay, cool. Well, there's 100,000 other DJs up there. Now, what's going to be different about your DJ style? Are you going to DJ upside down? Are you going to do it underwater? <laughs> are you going to pray? What, what, are you going to dress differently? Like, look at There's millions of different ways to do it. But you got to, and you also got to be honest with yourself. Look at the competition that is out there. Look at who you're up against. Definitely. Um, but, but if you're an individual and you're, you don't have nobody, you're not biting anybody's style or doing anything, you know, the same way as anybody else, but that's the whole thing, you gotta be original, and it's very, very tough these days in this day and age, like, how, how am I going to be different than everybody else? Well, that starts with you. You're different just by being you, so as long as you're true to yourself and who you are and who you want to project and who you want to be in this world, and in front of everybody else's eyes, then that's going to be it. I would suggest for you to do some um, leadership um, training, you know, um, know yourself. Um, if you're not into meditation, you know, start with that. Um, because those tools are available for you immediately. So you can start asking yourself and answering the tough questions that you have for me or for anybody else that you're going to have a conversation with, any elders that have already done what you want to do. Definitely. You know, it really starts with you, with you because everything that you want is already within you. And, and within me, I have everything I need. I don't, I don't need anything from the outside world to make me who I am. That's, that's the best thing mm-hmm. um, that I think that I've come across you know, over the last five or six years that everything that I need is already within me. Definitely. How are you doing, cousin? I know it's been about music, but how have you been? I know the last couple months have been hardest for family and whatnot. How have you been, you know, spiritually, uh, mentally? How, have, you know, but we don't got to go into specifics or anything, but just how how have you been as a person? Uh, I'm hanging in there, you know, it's day by day, breath by breath. You know, I'm, um, I have a lot of tools at my reach to help um, soothe me. You know, if ever I, I feel like I'm, having a tough time, a tough day, you know, I've switched up a lot of my, my, my daily programs uh, in regards to uh, what I expect of myself as far as work, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work from home so I can make my own time schedule, mm-hmm. and I'm more kind to myself now than I've ever been, um, so I'm, I'm doing okay, but like I said, I got a lot of help 
yeah. going through some therapy. Um, you, you obviously see my flute therapy that I'm I love I'm diving the, heavily into. I love the flute therapy because can you? That's what I want to talk about too. Can we dive into that for a little bit? How? Can you explain what it is exactly? I know a lot of people don't watch, you know, my just my listeners are not, they're, I'm sure not even exposed to that type of stuff. Exactly what is the flute therapy? Because it's so peaceful, man. Every morning. That's what it's for. It's, it's a healing method um, that I picked up on that has been passed down from our ancestors to, to us today. These healing flutes have been used for hundreds of years if not thousands I don't know how far it goes back I know one of my flutes uh, the drone the Mayan drone flute that was created between 200 and 680 so this is way before Definitely. any kind of um, people came over here to try to um, civilizations and then the indigenous uh, Indian flutes are, are um, also very old and passed down they're, they're utilized they have they've been utilized as um, prayers for uh, the indigenous people with the, the, the flute, the drum, and the rattle. There's a holy trinity there that has been passed down uh, from tribe to tribe. And you know these, um, these instruments were used specifically for prayer. Um, and, and that's where I was called to them through searching for healing methods um, through Instagram, actually. Mm -hmm. A beautiful soul named Danielle Rojas, Daniela Rojas. Um, she was playing this Mayan drum flute that I, I've never seen before. Um, and she was um, doing this beautiful song, and it was a, a healing song for me. And I read it, and then I started doing some more research, and I was like, wow, that's beautiful. And I've been seeing 432 hertz, the difference between 440 and 432 hertz, which mm -hmm. is a very finite uh, tuning difference. Mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, that particular flute was tuned to 432 hertz, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but when I saw her and I heard her, it just spoke to me, and I just went head first, and I started researching flutes, flutes, flutes. And I bought two immediately. Um, and then now I'm up to five now. Uh, I've sold one. You know, um, so I'm heavy into this, and this is something that I do on a daily basis. In between my work, in between getting up in the morning and saying goodbye to my wife, and um, doing the daily stuff, doing my yeah, my work. Like I don't rush to the turntables anymore. I don't rush to the computer. I rush to my flutes mm -hmm. every morning to um, just to be at peace with myself. So. The difference between 432 hertz and 440 hertz is a very it's only eight um, only eight um, not decibels but octaves or yeah Maybe so, but uh, 440 hertz um, is the international tuning that has been set forth by uh, the world basically mm -hmm. since 1953 and it's the incorrect tuning of earth mother earth and the universe resonates at a certain tuning a certain frequency and the Schumann resonance, if you will, you will look that up, uh, that's what the Earth's frequency uh, resonates at. I think it's like a two, really, really slow. So if you multiply that up to the, the middle C uh, note in the keys, it comes out to 432 hertz. So what you're doing is multiplying it, basically getting up to the same frequency, but octaves, you know, many, many octaves up. So when you play these flutes, you're, you're in tune with nature. You're in tune with the trees, the plants, the animals, the insects. 
and just the world in, in general in itself. So that's where these things come from, and this is why they're so healing. And when you hear them, they have an effect on you. It's a different kind of effect than when you're listening to a hip hop record or, or a high energy record or a house record. It's not that. It's definitely not that. Mm-hmm. So my what I feel my goal is, or my calling is, to help teach and educate everybody on the difference between 432 and 440 and and getting all my brothers and sisters in my industry to uh, push to get back to the original tuning of 432 hertz so we can utilize music in its true healing form in every genre yes so that's the goal for me i amen i love it. it 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 every morning you say you know you have a reason for your prayer and do it makes me it's it's so soothing, man. Me and Frank were talking about that about that the other day. It's so soothing, bro. Um, yeah, well, it feels like that to me for sure. I love it. And Frank, dude, let's, and just big shout out to Frank. Um, you know he's married, you know he's married Tammy. That dude's helped yeah. me out so much, man. Not not just as a DJ, but just as somebody. He gives me a reality check sometimes too, bro. He's the guy to be like, you know what? Stop bitching, just keep going. Stop bitching, just do it. Um. Oh, I forgot the Cali, Cali Kings, and it's it's been an honor to be in there, man. That's like hip hop heaven for me, bro. I love that spot so much, man. I feel the same way. I feel the same way, man. It's a beautiful place. It's got a great energy. There's a lot of heritage there, and there's a lot more things that are going to be uh, held there in Cali Kings. It's a sacred space for us, for sure. Definitely, I know he, and that's how I look at it. You know, he said, "Hey, cuz, you know, come down here, play a little bit." I'm like, man, that's to me, that's a hip hop. That's like a little bit of, it's like, a, it's honestly, man, for me, it's a mecca just because of what's been going down there. You don't know how many DJs have played there, man. How many God DJs have, God, have touched the turntables and graced the, the ground of Cali Kings. It's definitely a sacred <laughs> ground. That's why it's really, it's, it's, it's intimidating to me. That I'm, and I'm honored he didn't even ask me, you know? But it's like, I know who stepped through those doors and... I don't yeah, know. I don't feel worthy, but yeah, well, guess what? You were invited, so you are worthy, bro. So you know, you start, and that's one. That's another thing. You know, this is very important. This is another jewel for you. Definitely, um, you have to step into, like I said earlier, like you got to let the universe know who you think you are. Who the hell do you think you are? Well, then be that, and that's it. You just be that. Definitely. If you're, you know, the next dead mouse, then you do that. If you're the next, you know. Um, whoever then you do that and you, you step into that light so the universe can see that you're serious about this and once the universe or god source whoever you want to call your you know, your deity whoever that might be buddha there's many people to pray to and to give light to whatever but once they see or the universe sees that you're serious about it there's nothing anybody or you can do to, to stop that but you have to be on that route you got to get on that train like frank we said you know the train's going to have hiccups you're going to break down mm-hmm. you're going to have a flat tire you're going to run out of water you're going to have no more carne asada all that shit's going to pop <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay definitely. but that's where the magic happens when you get out of your comfort zone because now you're exercising a muscle that you never you never utilized before so you get stronger and stronger every time definitely appreciate that coach mm-hmm. um what would you want? Um, not what. How would you want the Baker Boys to be remembered in fifteen, twenty years, and then look back on the, on not just the hip hop game but the DJ game? Uh, 
Well, I guess it's one. It's all one and the same, right? Can you hear me? No, we're good because we're back on. I can hear you now. No, we're good. Hold on. Can, no, you, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear me. Okay, just real fast, just for the podcast sake, what would be your? Uh, how would you want the Bacon Boys legacy to be uh, remembered in ten and fifteen years in hip hop? I think you accomplished all three too, cousin. Honestly. Oh, thank you. Man. I appreciate it, man. We're still, we're still going. You know, there's many chapters to be written in the Baker Boys book going far from over. What's the next? What's, what's the next move right now for you guys? I know we had Dash Radio, right? Is that something we're still, we're doing right now? Or we're gonna no, something different. No, not gonna be Dash. We're, we're gonna continue to build our syndication uh, companies. Uh, we have several products on the market right now, and we're getting ready to uh, launch a new product that we're pretty excited about, and it's going to put us in a, a whole new um, level of syndication. Definitely. So that's number one, for the radio side. Number two, me personally, is continue to create music with my new Killing Flutes, um, and then create a performance piece based upon the music that I am creating. So... There's two um, big things to chew on right there. Definitely. And what keep, well, is it hardest to not stay hungry because we still have that, that love for hip hop after all this time? Or is that something that's never going to go away? What's the question? Am I still hungry? How do you keep hungry? Yeah, how, do you, how are you going to, do you, do you have that same level of hunger that you had since the beginning, since 1984? Well, the hunger has uh, evolved know into different things of what I want for myself you know in 1984 I just wanted to learn you know how, how to mix and continue to you know play at a swap meet or play you know <laughs> just wanted to DJ you know and now I can DJ any time I want in my own room mm-hmm. I think um, what keeps me hungry is uh, my 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 desire for uh, what's next mm-hmm. my desire to create what's next. As an Aquarius, I, I, I want to um, push things forward with uh, no apology, and I want to share uh, things and insight that I've been gaining uh, as a human being. So, I mean, that's never going to end until I die. Definitely. So, that's what keeps me hungry, is to keep on evolving. Like, what's next? Tomorrow's going to be something even more special. Definitely. I feel the same way. I think as an Aquarius, we're always looking for that next thing to accomplish. Shout out to uh, uh, Perez, the other queen <laughs> sister in the house. Yes, definitely. My mom's man. Oh man, she loves you too, cause my grandma, my, my grandma loves you too, man. Oh God bless her. Man, my grandma loves you too, and there's and I'm. And she's doing great, man. She's doing great. Um, you know, she's strong. She's all. She's always strong. She's always strong. Yeah. Um, she love, and I'm sure I'm speaking for her. She loves you, and she's been thinking of you guys and praying for you all the time, dude. I know with COVID, it's been, COVID's kind of, it's been wild, but we we love you guys, man. We love you guys so much, cuz. Same here, same here. Um, 
and that's man. I just want to thank you for coming on, cause I know you asked. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm able to do it today. You know, so why not? And it's an honor, man, to have you on. Uh, I would love to have you back on eventually, whenever we can, cause whenever we get um. Whenever you have whatever records you want to break, I would definitely, yeah, I would, would definitely highlight them, man. Whatever, I'll be honored to. And once I go down there, with Frank, I'll definitely let you guys know, and I'll take yeah. whatever pointers, whatever you guys advice you guys give me, because I appreciate it so much. There's gonna be some special things happening, and I'll make sure to invite you out so you can witness it. Okay. Hey, man, I'm there, cousin. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Have a great day, bless. All right, nigga. See you later. Bye, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That was Nick V from the world famous Baker Boys. Um, we're gonna drop this podcast as soon as possible. I didn't know this was gonna happen right now. It's gonna be episode fifty three. Sometimes, sometimes this thing pop pop in your lap, and you just gotta say, "Fuck it, let's do it right now." That's what we did. We got the interview knocked out. We're gonna get it on. Um, we're gonna get it on the podcast eventually. Appreciate Nick coming on. And man, it's crazy what social media could do. Man, he didn't have to do that. He wanted to. And um, I hope you guys learned something. I know I learned something. It's so hard with just an hour of time. We could have went on for three hours just talking about hip-hop and just talking about um, this family. But uh, again, the episode 53, Nick V of the world-famous Baker Boys. My name is Ernie C., the Gap Kids Genius. We out.